Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Props to Crazy with Steph and Michelle. Two friends, two diagnoses, and more crazy than they know what to do with. So sit back and enjoy, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Michelle. How's it going? It's going good. Perfect. So with this episode, we are talking about our eight-year fallout. And we're going to start off with a little homage to Paul Harvey and say that this is the rest of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because last week in our first episode, we had talked about how we met, um, how our friendship started, basically. And so we want to continue that with this week. So we've known each other for 17 years. We had mentioned that. And now we are going to discuss the painful topic of how we went eight years um, without speaking to each other. And why? (laughs) Why? Um, And just want to mention that this episode does have sensitive content in it. And just know that this is something that's difficult for us to talk about. So it's probably difficult to listen to as well. Um, This is something that Michelle and I don't really discuss. I think we've talked about it maybe two or three times. Just mostly to prepare for this episode and how we wanted to present it, I guess. Right. So to get started, we... Michelle and I met when I was 15 and she was 17. We had mentioned that before. And after she graduated high school, she moved to Salt Lake City, Utah from Wyoming. And I had the opportunity to go and live with her the summer between my junior and senior year. I, my mom and I had just, things had come to a head with our relationship. Things just weren't good. We really struggled a lot with each other, which I'm sure will be a whole nother episode. (laughs) And so it was for my benefit and her benefit as well that I basically just move away, spend some time out of the house. And so I spent Mm -hmm. that summer with Michelle and then fast forward a little bit. She ended up getting married pretty soon after that. And she moved, she was still in Salt Lake. And then a few years later, I ended up getting married And my first husband and I were living in Pocatello, Idaho, and I was really just wanting to get out of there. So he transferred for his work down to Utah, and then we moved down there and lived with my sister for a brief time, probably about four weeks or so, while we were looking for another place to live as well as me looking for work. At the same time, Michelle had a renter in the basement of their house that her and her husband were in, and he was moving out. So they needed somebody to come in and, you know, start renting and we needed to get out of my sister's. So the timing just worked out perfect. We had talked um, about us moving in there because Michelle and I had already lived together once before. It worked Mm -hmm. out really great. We knew each other super well. Um, And we'd already been hanging out and our husbands were good friends. So like it was just comfortable, the four of us. 
So we moved in and we had been living with Michelle for, I think like maybe three or four months. It wasn't very long. And my husband and I at that point had only been married about eight months when everything happened. Right. So I was definitely in a spot in my life that was super just, I, it's interesting because I, at the time I didn't know that I was bipolar. Um, so I thought I was just really depressed and looking back on it, I think I was in a mania stage to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was out of control and <clears throat> with my marriage coming to an end and with everything that was happening in my life, it was just so crazy. And so with Steph moving in and what should have been a really awesome time ended up being me having an affair with her husband. And it was a really devastating time for both of us. Uh, It ruined (laughs) both of our lives in a big way. It, and I, it didn't ruin the rest of our lives, obviously, but at that point in time, everything came crashing down for both of us. I ended up, um, telling my husband, her husband ended up telling her and we, um, I got a phone call from her and she just said, you are dead to me. And it was really difficult. Um, she came home. She wasn't at home at that point and she came home and they packed up their stuff and they left and I never saw or heard from her again. And I thought about her every day since, I mean, in whatever way, whether it was a loving or a sad way. I mean, I just thought about her all the time. And so why don't you go into how you decided kind of after all of that went down, how and why you wanted to be my friend (laughs) again. (laughs) Yes, because it's an interesting story and kind of complicated, but I'm going to start out out with the simplest thing. Just like Michelle said, you know, ever since that had happened between us, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't think about her. And for me, I had a constant reminder because after my first husband and I had moved out, we stayed together for a while. And we ended up having a baby together. And then when we did end up getting divorced, you know, we're still in each other's lives for custody because we share custody of her. And so I see him every time we do a drop off or a pickup. And so in a way, every time I saw him, it made me think of Michelle. The thoughts were just anger and bitterness and resentment and everything under the sun that you can imagine that was negative that was my thinking and it just took away so much of my life I know Michelle said it didn't ruin the rest of our lives but there was a big part of my life and I'm sure hers that was ruined um that you could never get back and so it was a position where 
not only had I decided, but I just thought to myself, there was no way possible on this green earth that I could ever forgive her, let alone us be friends again. And I struggled with that. I struggled with that for a long time. I know ultimately we're supposed to forgive everybody, but I, I just couldn't see it happening and I didn't want it to happen. Um, but then slowly over time, those thoughts of her changed and I don't know how or why, but it started to turn to, I really missed the friendship that we had. Um, cause up until that point, she had been a really steady part of my life. And when it happened, I didn't know either that I was bipolar and I didn't know that I had borderline personality disorder. At that point, I was still trying to treat my depression. I was just being treated for general depression. So my issues go deeper than just that with BPD or borderline personality disorder. It's hard to find stability in your life. People have a really hard time with relationships, whether it's friendships or significant others or family members. It affects all relationships. It affects your ability to work, to hold down a job. You're constantly changing and shifting what you're doing and who you are. You move around a lot. So anyway, through everything that I had gone through with depression, getting diagnosed, problems at home, she was the one constant in my life. Because even though we had never lived in the same state and the only time we had lived together was for a summer briefly in high school, Um, we were always long distance friends, but we always just picked up right where we left off and we understood each other's crazy. Like we really did. We just clicked in that way. And it's rare to find someone like that. And so when you do, you kind of want to hold on to it. Slowly, my feelings changed to, I just really wanted that person back in that relationship, even though I didn't know if we could repair it, obviously things were going to be different. And then I was fighting that too. I was like, no, why would I ever want to be friends with someone like that again? How could I possibly turn around and be like, okay, I'm over it now. And I never really told anybody the story. I would never go into details. Yes, people knew that my husband had cheated on me. Um, But I'd kind of left it at that. And I'd said with my best friend, but I never even used her name. And I just had only gone into detail with maybe two or three people at the most. Um, So fast forward. A year before I reached out to her, because we just reconnected eight months ago, back in July, and we're now in February. So it's very new, us rebuilding this. So a year before I reached out, I started thinking, I just had this thought every day, like, I need to call her. I need to reconnect with her. We need to talk. And I was just like, it was weird. I I don't know. I don't know where it came from or why. And then... I had sat down with my current husband and I told him all the details. I went over the whole story with him. And then I told him, I was like, I don't know why, but I feel like I want to talk to her. Like I miss our friendship. I miss what we used to have. And he's like, well, then you should call her. And I, my reaction was no, no, that's not (laughs) the point of this story. Did you not listen to what happened (laughs) and how I felt and feel? you know, and, but he was just supportive of it. And it took me a week and I finally came around and had typed out this message and messaged her on Facebook. Cause I had no other way of contacting her. I didn't even know if she still had me blocked or not. Cause initially we did block each other off and I ended up sending her the message And it was interesting because the moment I pushed send, I had a little freak out 
I just thought, oh my gosh, what if she doesn't want to be friends with me? What if she doesn't respond (laughs) to me? And instantly was wishing that I could take it back. And especially as the day went on and it took her longer and longer to respond, I was just freaking out. And of course, we all have our lives. We all get busy. But that's not the point. It's a really big deal. <laughs> it took a lot for me to do this. And so I, there was, I was anxious. I needed to know right then and there what her response was going right. to be. So I'll let me But I was you know, super busy that day and at work and not knowing her married, her new married name. I didn't know who this was that was messaging me. And so I didn't think much of it when she first messaged me. And then when she finally did, I was like, this is stuff. Like stuff, stuff, stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so then Immediately, I got into sort of this, like, okay, well, I've come to a certain point in my life where I'm not looking for drama. I don't need drama. And so I wanted to kind of find out her intentions behind coming to me, you know? And it was, she just kind of said, listen, we've come this far and here I am and I'm just looking to be your friend, but I need some clarity on everything that went down because she hadn't yet heard my side of the story. Yep. She didn't want to hear my side of the story and, and that's okay, you know, but it was like all of a sudden she wants to know my side. Why? Yeah. (laughs) After eight years, I just popped up. (laughs) well and you know the beautiful thing about this story is that Steph had done so much in her life and learned so much in her life and had come to a place in her life and so had I that this timing was right and um I I have to say that had we maybe done it any sooner (laughs) It might not have been the same because I had learned a lot about myself. And, you know, when she asked the questions, I was able to answer them because I had looked deep inside of myself at the time that everything went down. I life was so chaotic. If she had asked questions, you know, I would have been like, I don't know why I did it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But when she asked me, why did you do that to me? How could you do that to me? The answer was, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't thinking about you. It was never about you. It was about me and my thoughts and my non-thoughts towards you or consequences of my actions. Um, I was in just a really crazy spot. And it wasn't something that I could really get out of at that point. And that's not to say that's not an excuse. And that's something that Steph and I have talked so many times about is we get that there are so many aspects to it and they're not excuses for what happened. Mm -hmm. 
they're just pieces to the puzzle. It's just parts of the story that are the truth. And um, I think it's helpful to us to be able to extend grace towards one another and ourselves and to forgive ourselves for what happened because of those little tidbits to the story. Mm -hmm. So true. What's been weird and what I didn't anticipate happening. And it's only been the last couple times that we've actually sat down and talked about this and started working on this episode. It's interesting to me how much I've learned about that situation and how it correlates with our, or even my mental disorder. So true. Very true because so there's two different reasons why I was able to come to understanding. The first one I said was I missed the relationship that we had. I missed that friendship. And I knew that you need to forgive. You need to find a way to do that. So that was one part. The second part, like Michelle said, we had to wait until we got to a certain point in our lives. So neither one of us had been diagnosed. Once I did officially get diagnosed with the bipolar disorder and then with the borderline personality disorder. I did a lot of studying. I did a lot of research. I watched a lot of documentaries and presentations. Just I'm always wanting to learn more about it because I'm always wanting to better myself and I never want to use my disorder as a crutch. So like Michelle said, it doesn't excuse the actions. It doesn't excuse what happened, but I finally did get to a point where I understand when you do something that's just so in the moment that all rationale, all logic, all thought is gone. You're not thinking of consequences. You're not thinking of other people. You're pretty much not even thinking about yourself. You're literally letting things happen. And I think Michelle had mentioned, but I'm not sure. She had mentioned that she was under the influence at the time. And so was my ex-husband. Um, Mm -hmm. so learning that and hearing her side validated that honestly, it wasn't something that they did to me. It honestly, truly just happened. It was just a result of some poor choices that took a split second. And I understand that I've had many poor choices that I've made that have resulted in lifelong heartache and consequence. And so, especially with the BPD, that's the struggle that I have as well as, impulsivity, being impulsive and doing a lot of self-harm because of that. So with BPD, it's very common for people to be addicted to gambling, to shopping. You know, they're overspending, they're going out spending money that they don't have because it's a last minute thing of um, trying to get away or escape something or get a high or good feeling to ignore something bigger that's going on. Um, It's common for them to engage in reckless driving I can't count the number of times that every day in high school, especially my senior year, on my way driving to school, I would think to myself, what happened if I just let go of the steering wheel? What happened if I just didn't follow the curve of the freeway? Because I traveled on the freeway to get to school. Every day I thought that, and I didn't know why. Um, And then there's the other behavior like the cutting, and then there's inappropriate relationships and being promiscuous and having multiple sexual partners. And suicidal thoughts, suicidal and, thoughts and, and alcohol and alcohol and drug abuse. Yes, there's so many things that people turn to, and it's a very common thing. And so as I was studying this and as I was learning about my diagnosis and knowing that Michelle had bipolar as well, 
I did come to a place where I realized that it was just, it was just poor choices. It wasn't lack of friendship. And I know that sounds really, really weird. And I know it's crazy and it is crazy. And that's why we have this podcast, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but it just has taught me so much. And I've looked at things so differently, especially since we have become friends again, there are things that I'm able to look past or I can see the deeper meaning behind it that people make some poor choices, but it's because they're desperate. They don't know what else to do, or they honestly just weren't thinking. And it's strange because I feel like we have a stronger friendship now because we have a better understanding of each other and of ourselves. We're both very self-aware with our disorders and very active in talking about it. And so with these experiences, these hard things, I'm not grateful that it happened, honestly and truly. Um, But I'm grateful for the growth that has resulted because of it. If I was just a regular Joe and didn't understand depression or mental disorders, I could have been like, dude, that's just an excuse. You're so full of crap. You're just a horrible person. Like, you just don't even care. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's happened for a reason. I feel like we're in this place for a reason. And it is an important part of our story and in just sharing and spreading awareness for mental health. Um, and just showing that like, we're just everyday people, but we struggle and we struggle with the day to day and there's big things that we struggle with too, but we're still here and we still try and we still get up. So even though it's hard and I, I really didn't want to do this episode, it was actually Michelle that wanted to do this. And I was like, are you sure? Because I, (laughs) I truly have gotten to a place even before when I would ever talk about it. Like I said, I never used her name ever I never wanted to just smear her in the mud and now especially as we've gotten closer I told her I'm like it's just not a good idea you're people are going to judge you people are going to say harsh things people aren't going to understand I was I was just really worried and afraid for her Mm -hmm. um and for her it was different she had told the story because her Mm -hmm. ex-husband was telling everybody it wasn't a secret so she's had to own up to it for years Whereas for me, well, I don't talk to anybody about it. Right. I, I definitely had to own up to it. But I also have come to uh, a forgiveness of myself and an understanding of the whole thing in that I feel comfortable telling the story because there's a purpose behind it. You know, for mm-hmm. me, this story isn't about that. That's, and our friendship and our relationship isn't about that. And that's just true because you and I know it, you know, but the truth is that I wanted to really, first of all, express to people and, and kind of impress upon them the idea that Things don't have, things aren't maybe as, as they seem and things don't have to be what people think they have to be. So, you know, we talk about stop, stopping the stigma. The stigma doesn't have to be, you hate the person who cheated on you. You don't, the stigma doesn't have to be because you're this way, then, then you're going to do this. And I, I just really wanted to 
put it out there that give people the benefit of the doubt and know that people are trying and maybe listen to their story and maybe give them a chance. And I mean, Steph didn't have to be my friend again. She could have forgiven me without ever speaking to me again. That is a real thing that is really okay. Um, but it speaks to her character really into who she is by her being able to reach out to me and to really look deep inside of herself and say, listen, you know, I'm going to do it different this time. And I'm not going to do what everybody else thinks should happen. And I'm going to be friends with this person because I truly in my heart believe and know that she's a good person. And when you trust that beautiful things happen. (laughs) Yeah. And in turn, we have really been able to assist each other in our lives in ways in the last seven months that we've grown so much in our own lives and just learned so much about ourselves by coming back together and being friends. And that's kind of what we're hoping for with this podcast is to help people, not only the people that have the mental health struggles, but people who know people who have mental health struggles who could maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and maybe look into themselves and say, Hey, you know, maybe I've done something in my life that wasn't right and wasn't good. And so did they. And so we're the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can forgive them and I can love them. I like that. And, you know, as much as I didn't want to do this episode at first, I'm grateful that we did now. Um, One of the things that I really wanted, I've discovered and seen and can understand that many people who have borderline personality personality disorder and know that they have it, it's a very difficult thing to admit and it's a very hard thing to share because when you look at the characteristics and the traits of somebody who has BPD, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you can imagine somebody handing you a piece of paper of the worst um, personality traits of a human being and you look (laughs) at it and you're like, wow, this is all me. (laughs) How can people be friends with me? How can people interact with me? And so I think that's why a lot of people go undiagnosed and it is hard. It's a hard diagnose. It's hard for um, doctors to diagnose it as well. But I think that's why a lot of people don't want to come out and admit it. And there's a huge part of me that makes me want to admit it even more. I used to be so embarrassed and so ashamed of my problems in mm-hmm. general. And then I was more embarrassed after I found out I had BPD. And anymore, I just don't want to because it's like, yeah, I do have these tendencies and I do have some of these desires or thoughts inside of me. But I fight and struggle every single day to not make those choices or to not be that kind of a person. Like I'm still like, I own my own business in what world does that make sense with somebody who has BPD (laughs) that they can own their own business. And I have a steady, stable relationship. I have a fantastic marriage. 
and I'm a mother and, you know, and I look at these things of BPD or I, and I still go through my episodes. I still struggle very much, but I look at all that I've accomplished and all that I have despite my diagnosis and I'm proud and I want to find other people who are struggling too. And I want to figure out how are you making it work? This is how I make it work. What is it that you do for you? And I want people to know they're not the only one. And I don't want them. Well, and let's, oh, sorry. Sorry. Go quick. I don't want them to look at that list or look at that diagnosis and just be like, well, I might as well not even try because I'm not even a good person because I'm wanting to do all these things or I'm likely to do all these things, the gambling, the drinking, the, the drugs, the having sex at inappropriate times, the, the list goes on and on and on being difficult to deal with. Nobody wants to admit that. I love that. And I want this also to be a place where we can celebrate the little things because the things are so big, you know, it's like, let's celebrate when we make a phone call to the bank and let them know that our address (laughs) has changed, even though we've lived there for the last nine months, you know, because it was scary for us to make that phone call. Yes. (laughs) Simple things like that. They're so overwhelming things that other people probably just don't even think about. So we just kind of want to enlighten people, whether you're struggling with a disorder or, you know, somebody who does, we're just giving our experiences and our insights as to what it's like to live with it day in and day out. I'm sure people are tired of hearing the same complaint over and over. Like, well, you were depressed last week and then you felt better. So why are you depressed this week? Not Mm -hmm. how it works. It changes so fast and it's, it's a struggle, but we're here, we're doing it. And that's our story of our eight year fallout. There you go. You have it. Listen in next time and see what else we've got going on in our crazy heads. We will see you next time or talk to you or you can listen to us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Props to Crazy. If you have any questions or comments or you want a specific topic discussed, please send an email to props to Michelle at gmail.com or props to Steph at gmail.com. That's two like the number. Please like and share this episode to help us stop the stigma and start the conversation.